Welcome to the Mainly Monology podcast. This week I have a really brilliant guest for you. But before that, let's talk about the astrology of the week ahead. Because guess what? This is a new moon week. The new moon is going to be taking place in the sign of Gemini. And some key words and ideas for this lunation are chatty. Well, it's very chatty because Gemini is chatty. Confusing. It is a bit confusing as well because uh, this new moon is actually going to be clashing with the planet of confusion, Neptune. And it's going to be lucky for some because the day after the new moon, we get one of the biggest and best astrological alignments of the year as Jupiter harmonizes with Saturn. So it is a bit of a mixed new moon. On the one hand, it could be you come out of it thinking, I just don't know what's going to happen next. On the other hand, it may eventually transpire that all your hard work is paying off. Because of the Neptune clash with the new moon and the fact that the moon goes void of course straight after the new moon, you might want to make your wishes say no sooner than about 11 hours after the new moon. I'll just give you the times of the new moon around the world. It's June 18 at 5.37 a.m. Sydney, June 18 at 2.37 p.m. LA Pacific Time, June 17, 9.37 p.m. And New York Eastern Time is June 18 at 37 minutes past midnight. So, yes, it's an interesting week. It's an interesting new moon, and I hope you are going to make the best of it. Um, One of the best things to do this week is to think about where have you been working really, really hard in your life on something and start to look for little signs that your hard work is paying off. Okay, so with all that said, I want to introduce you to this week's guest. His name is Nadav Khan, and he loves to chant. Take it away. Welcome to the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. Om Namo Narayani Om Namo Narayani Om Namo Narayani Well, guys, I don't know about you, but that just gave me goosebumps from head to toe. Thank you, Nadal. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Mainly Moonology podcast. And if you haven't guessed, this week we have someone who chants as our guest, which is a real thrill for me. I've known Nadal for probably, I don't even want to think how long. It must be coming up to 20 years, if it's not already 20 years, Nadal. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's at least 20 years. 
Yeah, it was a long yeah. time. And Nadav actually changed my life, but that's kind of a story for another day. He probably doesn't even know about it. I don't know. But uh, that chant was actually a chant mm, from the ashram that we both go to in India. And, uh, in fact, it was as a result of a conversation I had with Nadav uh, that I actually went to the to the ashram for the first time, which changed my life. But let me let me introduce you to people, Nadav. I'll just, just kind of give people an outline of who you are and what you do. Okay. So Nadav Khan, Nadav Khan, N-A-D-A-V-K-A-H-N. Nadav Khan is an Israeli-born, Australia-based facilitator of sound-based therapy, and we are very big on sound-based therapy here at Main Immunology. He specialises in quietening the demands and stress of modern life by empowering individuals to their authentic self-expression through the modality of sound and focused mantra meditation. Okay, so that was a bit of chanting, a bit of mantra we had just now. Nadav is an award-winning singer-songwriter. His first band was signed to EMI Music, leading him to tour the world with various collaborative and solo projects, releasing 12 albums to date. That's amazing. Over the last 20 years, Nadav has spent extensive time in India on a quest for something more. It was here he began to study the mystical powers of music, Vedic chants, and also began his study of Jewish mysticism. It's an interesting place to study uh, Jewish mysticism in India. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and more that it launched the greater exploration of, right. of different traditions and different systems of thinking. But, yeah, not so much that in India, but it, it was certainly it. integrated. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, these experiences have inspired devotional albums, both in Sanskrit and his native tongue, Hebrew. Nadav approaches his music making as a sonic and meditative journey, using his voice as a prayer to quieten the mind, to quiet the mind and open the heart. Uh, and just by the way, uh, what's the name of the app you're on? Is it Insight Timer? You can catch him on Insight Timer. Oh, yes. which which uh, I know yes. a lot of people have on their phones, but also I'll tell you other places to find him. Nadav lives in Sydney where he wears many hats, including singer, kirtanist, cantor, producer, songwriter, teacher, harmonium, and mantra mentor. He's also a wife. Oh, no, he's not a wife. He's also a <laughs> husband and, and dad, I happen to know. Yes. And, uh, and he's also going to be doing a retreat um, all about mantra later this year, which we'll tell you about a bit later. But if that's something that interests you, I can tell you it's going to be amazing. And I should also point out, Nadav, for my listeners, because um, yeah. they all know your brother, Edor. So, oh. you know, I'm always playing Edor and Joe's music, which I have mm -hmm. to do. Okay, well, this is his brother. So, Nadav, welcome, welcome, nice. welcome to the show. So nice to have you Thank here. Thank you. Thank you so much to, for having me. So, Nadav, one thing I, I wanted to kind of ask you before we go too far into mantra, just for people who are listening, you know, yeah. to give them some context about how your life has evolved over the years. Because when I met you, you were kind of this muso guy around Bondi and you were kind of playing pubs and clubs and, you know, <laughs> Not necessarily rock and roll, but, you know, not even rock, but not that far from it necessarily. So tell us, what did you do before you became this kind of mantra guy and how did that evolution occur? Was it sort of organic? Did you decide on it? Tell us a little bit about how you came to be basically, you know, immersed in mantra. 
Okay. Yeah, sure. No, you're absolutely right. When we used to cross paths, you know, before even getting to India, of course, I was I was really involved in music and I was just living and breathing music as a musician. And at that time, I was just focused on writing songs and and touring with the band and which which was a wonderful experience. It took us all over the world and and you know, was a just an amazing thing and that music was probably more art rock pop sort of thing which is probably why yeah. it's hard to define it was also had folky acoustic elements yeah. but was kind of also very deeply involved in, in and I was very interested in in experimental music and in sort of the sonic realm of just kind of that sonic space that people could almost bathe in so that was always wow. incorporated into music and into ideas of loops and things like that. Um, at, a, at the time when all that was really just beginning to start entering a more mainstream um, kind of realm because computers weren't being used in the way that they are now to kind of create right. music. So it makes me feel very ancient, but, uh, but in <laughs> truth it was like our samplers were, were very limited in what they could do. And, um, and everything's evolved a lot since then. So yeah, so, so music, was everything and in some ways still is kind of the conduit to by which I live by but it's sort of broadened and it's it and the interest in how music works and what it does expanded and but it was really through playing and doing shows and and experiencing you know how wonderful it was to interact with people through music and to have an exchange with audiences and to keep creating that dynamic and relationship with with others through music that it broadened to kind of then explore well what what else is music and and without a doubt um hearing some mantras which came into my life when when a friend showed up from india and then ended up becoming my flatmate and he brought with him a bunch of indian instruments um and and we started recording him and I started producing him with my brother, like his some sitar music and harmonium and things like that. And so I started interacting with some of the Indian right. instruments and more Hindustani music. And then within a few years ended up in India. So suddenly the whole gamut of of music and what comes out of India, which is the whole Indian classical, but also the world of mantra and the world yeah. of steeply devotional music became open to me. And I'd already, I was already interested because I was a massive Beatles fan and knowing the Beatles trajectory and yeah. their time in India and how it affected George Harrison. And then the whole, some of the, my favorite Beatles songs, you know, that I just was always drawn to it. And suddenly it was like, oh, I get it. I see why. Those guys, right. you know, got completely yeah. drawn to this because it's yeah. it's phenomenal. It's a whole other spectrum of sound and thinking and relating to the intention of music beyond yeah. just writing songs and being a rock star, which was what I, yes. I thought I was interested in back then. Yeah. And, in fact, I and was fulfilling the- enough then, but be- yeah. clearly became not enough. I, I remember the crossover period actually when actually I think it was Idor, your brother, but it might have been you. One of you or both of you said we don't really want to play in pubs and clubs anymore because it's just not the energy we're after. Do you remember mm. that, that sort of 
period yeah. where you were like, okay, I actually think I want to take my music in a new direction. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely fair. And definitely Ido was way more definitive about that than I was initially. He was became very much like, I don't want to be in the space of of bars and alcohol and yeah. stuff like that. Whereas I was, and I still am more open to the world in different ways that I'm just like, I, I, I want to share with people and I'm not going to, I don't create as many limitations like that. But, yeah. uh, but back then it's, it did make sense to me. It was like, okay, let's change track. And we just completely changed direction as a band. We, right, we and, and but you stayed with the band and continue, and then changed direction and moved towards Mantra Music. Well, we changed right? we changed the name of the band. The band at the time was called Gelberson. Yeah, and then we, you After know, that as famous as we both pizza had, joint, for anyone who knows it. Yes, there there is a place that is uh, that still exists, and we still go to and still eat at. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, very homely kind of place. Um, and uh, yeah, and what after did the that, band become? The, the the band became Khan Brothers, which is just the two right. of us. I remember because yeah. you know our paths had changed quite significantly from the paths of the other band members, even though we were always all connected through deep interest in spirituality and and different dimensions of existence. That took up a lot of our time on the tour buses around the world. You know, one of our, our bass player had been a, a Christian, and our drummer was a Buddhist. And so between us and we were two Jewish kids at that point in time who were kind of in yeah. deeply involved in the whole Vedic world of kind of other, yeah. you know, Hindu stuff and different thoughts. So it was just yeah. very ripe for us for exploring yeah. ideas. Yeah. yeah. And right, right for the world too. So I'm going to mm. come at you with a quite unexpected question, which honestly, had I thought of it before, I would have given you advance warning. But I've okay. just been told by some powers that be that I need to be careful going off writing about mantra because I really want to do uh, write a little bit about mantra and, and the moon. And mm -hmm. uh, I was told I need to be very careful because of accusations of cultural appropriation. And mm. this is something I've slightly wrestled with for a couple of years because basically my spiritual path is now via India. And yeah. I was raised, you know, a white middle-class girl in Hobart, Tasmania, and here I am wanting to chant in Sanskrit and teaching people to chant in Sanskrit, which I do all the time. So, you know, what do you say to, to that? Like, what do you say to me? <laughs> And, yeah. and what do you say to anyone else who accuses you of that? And I'm just going to, before you answer, I'm just going to say, you know, funnily enough, after I had the conversation about this last week it was, I got into an Uber cab and uh, the driver was a Hindu guy. He had sort of Hindu stuff all over the altar, all over his dashboard, so I knew. And I said, listen, this has just happened, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? He said, I won't swear, but he said, that's BS. He said, yeah, right. taking mantra out to the world. That's that's what, you know, I believe as a Hindu. But what do you think, Nadav? What's your response to that? Well, that's, I think he's tapped on something that's very important, which was actually always the agenda of the great masters of the Vedic tradition, in which that school of mantra, because mantra obviously exists in every culture. In some yeah. way or another, mantra and prayer and songs that are repetitive. I mean, I think of mantra as just sounds that are repetitive that bring and enable some sort of expansion of consciousness. 
Yeah. So there's many different ways to approach mantra, not just from a Hindu or Vedic or Indian perspective. So it exists everywhere, firstly. But to be fair, the word mantra, you know, which is made of two words is a Vedic word, a Sanskrit word. Man and tra together make up mantra, which means a tool or vehicle of the mind. So yeah. the manas is the mind, and basically it's a tool to cut through mind. It's it's a pathway to get us beyond our constant incessant thinking to enter something that's deeper, something that's a space within us, which is, you know, we could say it cuts straight to the heart, but it's even deeper than the heart. It's the essence of what we are. It's our on some sort of soul level, even though soul can be quite a broadly interpreted word. So mantra in that sense, if you say it as in the more Sanskrit way, is, I guess, comes from the domain of India. And you could say it's an appropriation, but it's everything in this world is very sensitive these days on so many fronts, as we know. Yeah. But the masters of the Vedic tradition had a mission, which was to go and to take these tools and share them with the world. And that's the beauty or one of the reasons I've been always so drawn to to the thinking that came out of what we consider the Hindu tradition, but it's broader than that. It's like really Vedic thought, knowledge of the Vedas, which is really wisdom, tools for wisdom, information that is there to bring wisdom was always universal was never thought of as something just for the people that happened to live in the region which we know as India. Or happened was, to have been born there. It, yes, it, it came from there but and that was the... even stricter than that. It's like, you know, you should leave this to people who are actually Indian, Yasmin. Oh, uh, really? Well, look, yeah. I'll tell you something that's quite funny. I have friends who are brilliant meditation teachers who get invited to India to work and teach there because some Indian parts of the population want to learn from Westerners rather than from Indians, wow. <laughs> which is really ironic because, you know, yeah. it's like learning tools from India and then coming out and then bring uh, modified or diluted or re-Westernized thinking to it. So it's everything is paradox, I think, in this world. And so yeah. to start almost accusing or creating that paradigm of appropriation is, is very tricky because we've been given these systems. And I know for myself, from my teachers who come from India, the, the encouragement was, and I was told by my teacher at one point in time, Nadav is here and is here to create mantra and chants that will last for the generations, for generations to come. That's your duty. And I resisted it, of course, because whenever anybody tells me anything, it takes me quite a while to come to terms with it or accept it. And I want to rebel and run away from it. But, but it took me a while until I digested what this whole system is about and what the opportunity is in it to realize, oh, of course, this is something to be shared. And the whole world of trying to, of holding on and to the tools or the systems that we have and creating more separation is not what mantra is about. Mantra is about something that is expansive. So even though absolutely it comes from a particular tradition from a particular culture i see it as as being a pathway for all of humanity to grow and yeah. really it's about evolution of consciousness 
and possibility for us to become, you know, the best humans that we can so that we can also treat the planet in the best possible way and, and beyond the greater universe and the universe beyond, which I know is, is your world of, of looking at yeah. the greater cosmos, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's really tools for us to become broader thinkers, not smaller thinkers. And yeah. some of the domain of people really becoming possessive about some ideas, I don't think always fits in with that greater, vaster thinking. Even yeah, though no, I do completely me. recognize there's, there's a lot of appropriation and a lot of uh, validity in the need to preserve some cultures and traditions and things that t get taken and misused. So that I completely respect, yeah. but yeah. Um, I don't feel like, from my perspective, I feel very humbled to be able to to serve and offer what I do in my way through my lens, recognizing that I'm not of however many generations and a lineage that's coming from India, as far as I know, but their whole story also relates to karma. And the karmic model is that our soul is traveling and what package it has, whether I happen to be coming from a white middle class privileged background, absolutely, you know, and as, you know, living as a, a male classified as he, you know, him in the world at this point in time, I completely relate to the fact that that has rings and creates challenges in other areas. But how do I explain that my path has kind of invited me and called me and keeps keeping me in check through these practices and and has become very clear for me that one of it is one of my expressions to share and to support wellness in the world particularly at a time where there's a yeah. lot of challenge and a lot yeah. of mental health you know requirements and I feel like as far as I can tell this is a tool for people to to bring more clarity, more insight yeah. and more wisdom into their lives. And, and so, to connect and to connect with the divine. And to connect with the divine in whatever way anyone yeah. perceives the divine. Because yeah. because even that is actually broad, is yeah. really broad. And within the Hindu and Vedic world, there's it's all metaphor. There's so many metaphors and so many paradigms in which things are explained. And yes, they may have gods and goddesses and and different expressions of divine, but it all calls back, calls us back to the one, to the one oneness of ultimate, you know, connection that binds us all, all beings, all life force. So, um, so I think it's inherent in the teachings that it's for everyone. So for somebody to kind of bring up that feels a little bit limited in thinking from from my perspective but of course i'd be always open to to hearing what someone has to offer and to um exploring that conversation with with anybody who feels that way yeah yeah okay thank you for that so yeah so, I, so, so just sorry just, just to, to kind of finish my thing is if you've had insight that ties in with what you do and that links to mantra I think, and you have a, an angle and a lens to offer and to share something in a way that doesn't cheapen or minimize or limit what it's about, then by all means, you know, I think, I think you and I have both experienced that beautiful blessing of being shown that here, use and work with these teachings to share them, to yeah. support others.
there's there's no doubt there's no doubt yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I feel, and, and you put it much more beautifully than I do, because I, I actually f- feel quite annoyed by the whole thing. I'm more right. like, well, I'm really sorry, but this is my cultural, you know, this is my spiritual journey. Like, yeah. you put it beautifully, but that's basically my cha- my path to the divine. So I'm sorry mm. that I wouldn't, you know, but you put it much more beautifully. I must say, it's no one's criticised me. It's actually been a conversation more about... You know, I won't go into it, but that, that beautiful answer. Mm. Thank you. Well, so, well I just I would just think if I were you, how you do it, you know, and I knowing you, I know that you bring your wonderful personality, but also respect and a search for truth and insight into everything yeah. that you do. So, 100%. you know, as if that's kind of you know in the formative sphere of what you're offering, how can that be a, a problem, you know, and let people. Yeah question maybe only if if the information can be refuted or something like that you know yeah 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 so for people who are listening let's change tack just a little bit people who are listening and they're thinking yeah okay mantra I really want to do it I don't know how is it okay if I do it by myself what about if I mispronounce it what's your advice for people like that Nadov well I think go with your calling so, you know, we're in a world where there's so much information and so much available. I mean, I started with the the mantras that I heard that attracted me, you know, so you kind of go with what attracts you. And, and yes, there are so many ways that people are chanting or offering songs or mantra or kirtan, for those of you who know kirtan, which is like just about call and response or bhajans, which are these songs that are meant to support community and kind of connecting and going deeper. And as you said, kind of connection to divine. Um, so I think honor, honor the calling if you're feeling it, you know, and, and, and try eliminate some of the judgmental mind because mantra is not about that. Mantra is about self-acceptance. So I think, you know, you follow what, what, it, what you're drawn to and that inadvertently will lead you to some higher learning. And I'm not saying that there are mantras that are, you know, maybe there are people that do it um, at a higher vibration than others. And maybe there's people with more beautiful voices and less. And, but actually spending time in India and, and being surrounded by so much mantra, all that stuff and all those distinctions really fall away. People are just doing it as, as a way to connect and to go deeper yeah. and however that expresses for you i think as a a person who's possibly interested or wanting to explore it i just say go for it you know it'll guide so, you it will lead you where you need to go all right so can you give us a little sort of i don't know 10 minute morning routine or 20 minute morning routine that people can mm. do and then we'll talk about actually going to india and this uh, retreat you're going to be running which I so yeah. wish I could come to, and I'm not. Oh, I, I wish you I'm could come. That would be so beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll do another one next year, maybe. But yes, well, yeah. Well, well, that's the intention. A little morning routine. Sure. And then sure. tell us about India. Well, well, look, you know, this is the thing. Mantra is as complex and as simple as you want it to be, and that's why I'm, I'm at the moment actually in the process of, and I've started going and bringing mantra into different environments and and taking it out of just the ashrams, the yoga schools, the more temple kind of world, and I'm taking it into corporate spaces. 
So wow. I'm offering it in ways that are very palatable as well by just focusing on the essence of mantra. And this is the thing. There's a, there's a term that for those who practice mantra or even that know, which is called bij or bija mantra. And the bij mantra yeah. is the seed. The seed is the, is the part that is the activating force of a mantra. So it's a basically, and, and the seed in this case happens to be a sonic seed. So we're talking about sound and vibration that has the capacity to activate something within you to expand your seeing the world or, or sense of self or relating to self or open the heart or whatever it is that it's there to do. Or, and, and then mantra becomes quite specific. Some is for help and some is for abundance and some is for clearing you know, the mind. But ultimately, all of it is to bring us into one thing, which is presence, so that we become present to where we're at in any given moment. And through the experience of becoming more present to ourselves, ideas start coming and clarity and new possibilities happen in life because we become bigger than we were a moment before. And so in the morning, if you have 10 minutes, or if you even have five minutes or even two minutes, you can even start with, you know, the world's probably most well-known mantra, which, which I really love. And last year I started a thing based on it, which is the mantra Om. I started some, uh, a concept last year, which called Omtober. And Omtober was to, to link with the month of October, which is mental health uh, month, and by practicing Om daily. And I offered a full month of, of mantra meditation just with the sound Om. So, but I would say just take Om, and Om is an expression of all of sound and all of existence. Om is, is basically a code word for the summation of all of the energy and all of the reverberation of all of life everywhere mm -hmm. and it could be you can almost close your eyes and imagine from the moment of the big bang you know from life kind of and the cosmos and the universe beginning its formation as we understand it to have this massive resonating and if you start expanding your thinking into that and it doesn't matter whether you chant it low or if you However, wherever your pitch is or your voice is, OM starts tuning us into a broader frequency. So even just chanting that simplest of sounds, OM, uh, for a period of a few minutes a day could completely change your day because it can bring absolute presence into your mind. And also what it does is it syncs, it's basically a pranayama practice. So it starts syncing your breath with your voice and then your whole body. So you start falling into a rhythm that's natural to you. And so if you just basically repeat the sound, like let's just do it like three times where you don't have to try push your voice, but should we try it together? Yeah, let's or, hear it. Or, okay. So well, let's I'm just- I'm not going to count. I'm just going to let you okay. chant. I okay. might chop it up but, but, and put it throughout the episode. Okay, okay. So if, so, so if anyone feels to, just take a deep breath and then release completely. And just, just you know, make sure that you are relaxed and comfortable where you are. And, uh, and now do, do that again. Take another deep breath and release completely and perhaps let your eyes close for a moment. We'll only do it for about 20 or 30 seconds. Because by closing the eyes again, we centralize our intention inwards. We start letting the outer world fall away. 
and take one more deep breath and then release completely, even just with the sound of ah, just like ah, just relaxing completely. And now we're going to make the sound of Om three times. So breathing in. Om. And breathe in again. yourself to just experience the silence, the quiet that follows the sounding of the sound om or the receiving of the sound om. Because integrated into the sound om is the silence. The silence is perhaps the most important part of all of mantra. We make the sound to return to silence, to return to stillness. That's the invitation of mantra. We really using a property of our body of our vocal capacity as humans in order to return to the quieter inner space and that's why i think mantra is for everyone and that's why om is universal and it's beyond where you come from and your lineage and your culture and your tradition yeah exactly yeah all right, that was amazing. Long. I could just yeah. sit here and say nothing now, but I'm not sure that's <laughs> right for a podcast. But let's just have a moment of silence just to let that just go through us. Mm. Sure. Okay. All right, so Nadav, tell us about your retreat yeah. in India, please. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's been in my sort of sphere of thinking for many years. And um, and then, of course, you know, the world of COVID and all that happened. So it kind of shelved the idea. But now, as people have been asking me for many years, to, you know, would I take them or guide them to India? I finally decided that I'm ready to and I'm feeling very excited to actually get back there. And so I've created a a little inner journey, which is based on mantra and sound, because we're going to be going to a space that is where they chant pretty much round the clock, almost 24 hours a day. There are practices and rituals with mantra. So we're going to go in a space that's steeped in mantra and then work and learn and discover practices through mantra. And by doing it together as a group of how we get to harmonize both ourselves internally and then collectively one another and bring um, bring to the surface what needs to rise so it's 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 really going to be just so beautiful we're going to be going and experiencing vedic rituals and pujas and all different temples and things like that but there's no the fact that it's happening within this hindu context is doesn't diminish the fact that this in my perspective, a pluralistic practice. It's for anyone. You can come and you can be of any faith, any tradition, any religion. It really makes no difference. We're doing something which is a deeper practice for the soul. The part that binds us, not that separates us. 
and there's not any expectation of anyone to have to become or change who they are or what they do. So we're just going to go and experience deep immersion in mantra and meditation and allow our hearts and voices to soar. So it's going to be amazing. And on a very practical level, when is it Mm. and how long does it last for? It lasts for sort of eight, nine days. We kind of start the day, the first day we'll be starting in, in, in the city of Chennai just to help, you know, to, for people to do a bit of shopping and get a few of the clothes and things that enable, that we will make you feel more comfortable in the spaces that we go to because we're going to a tr- more traditional area in rural India where, you know, active wear isn't really appropriate yeah. um, in the temple. So we kind of, yeah. you know, we become modest and bring ourselves into that environment respectfully. Yeah. And then, and then we'll be literally going and experiencing the practices and then gathering together and doing our own practices. We're going to be staying at a beautiful Ayurvedic center with, with wholesome, locally grown, organic Ayurvedic food and, and um, some opportunity for op- uh, some Ayurvedic treatment. So we get to learn about the nature of the body and, and form in the practice. There'll be some asana and other kriya opportunities so there's it's going to be quite broad in that sense but everything from the perspective of mantra and and my experience with mantra is that it teaches me everything it keeps bringing me back to understanding life you know as a parent had had a parent and how i i even integrate mantra and have from before my children were born into their lives by chanting into the 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 womb and the growing fetus and then chanting into their lives and into their birth and then through life and then we do practices in the morning just little oms and things and shaloms you know bringing the hebrew stuff into it in order for them to just for us to kind of stay still and and bring us into more possibility of presence into the days and it close the day like that at night and and so we'll be learning practices that people can then take away with them that are really applicable and understand where they come from and why they're relevant at the same time. But ultimately, beyond all the whys and hows, it's to have an experience, to allow people to have an experience of who they are in that space. And the space is so conducive to it, very high vibration. So, um, And also, we're going at a time which is uh, Navaratri. So we're going to be experiencing a journey which is... Um, actually a time of the uh, reverence to the deity, to the, to the divine feminine consciousness. So we're going to be bringing in different aspects throughout being a part of that time of year, which is really um, a, an expression of a battle of, you know, good versus evil in a sort of metaphoric sense. So we're talking about our own selves looking at where do we need to face ourselves, which areas you know, need some recalibration, where is our consciousness limited, where are we stuck, and, and hopefully having some breakthroughs and discoveries that, that we can take with us outside of the retreat and bring into life. So, um, and and yeah. just to be clear for for my regular listeners who know about me going to um, Pedum, it's it's actually at the Sri Narayani Pedum in in Tirumala mm. right? It's the ashram yes, where I'm exactly. always talking about. In other words, oh, okay, okay. So you talk about it. That's great. So so your listeners will already know that this is a very 
special little place. Yeah. And and within it, being in a small rural town, we, you and I, you know, we've watched it grow, hey, and evolve. And, you know, now there's yeah. that phenomenal golden temple, which is a, a sort of a center for wisdom for the whole of the world, which again, you know, it's the same thing. It's universal wisdom and also to allow and invite more abundance into people's lives, abundant thinking, abundant relationships, abundant heart space, abundance on the material plane, on every, in every, every dimension. It's, it's there to invite us into being whole, you know, in every way that we can be. So Great. that life. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Be. And it's yeah. October, right? Do you know the exact date October. offhand? Yes, 18th of October till the 26th. Right. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get people around the world. How many places do you have in there? It's it's limited. So the maximum that we can have is 30 people. Okay. So okay. it's it's not going to be too big. It's going to be nice and and still maintain the intimacy because Yes. I want I want it to be I don't want it to be massive. You know, I want I want us to be able to relate to one another and get to know each other as much as people wish to in that context. Of course, and privacy and space is also very much a part of it. So whoever needs their own space will be able to have that. Absolutely. I respect all the different needs that we have. Yeah. On we're going on a spiritual retreat, so there needs to be time for integration and right. it's gonna be so amazing, guys. If you can possibly go, go. So what's the URL, Nadav? I know it actually. It's it's mantrainindia.com, right? That's right. Yeah. Mantrainindia.com. Okay. So um I'm gonna once after we hang up, I'm going to ask you to send me uh something of you chanting, one of your favorite chants. Uh can is that gonna be okay? Because I'll play us out with that when uh once we finish talking. Sure. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. All right, well, everybody, this is Nadav Khan, uh, amazing mantra mentor. Thank you for being with us. And, again, the India retreat, which, honestly, I am so upset that I can't make it to. Oh, my God, and I literally can't because I'm doing something in America that I've paid already for a lot, a lot of cash. Uh, it's just not feasible, but I would almost, but I can't. Mantra mm -hmm. in India.com. Don't miss out. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> thank you so much, Yasmin. And thank you so much for having me. Really, uh, such a treat to be able to catch up with you. It's been been so, so very long. Uh, yeah. And uh, nadavkhan.com is your website, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll put all that, all that information will be in the show notes. So thanks. Do you want to just put us out with a, just a nice om or a, a chant or, and then we'll segue into the, uh, into the track from you. Let's just finish with a lovely om if you don't mind. Okay. It's just so nice. Sure. Through me all the way across the miles from Sydney to London. Here we go. Well, you know what, we can finish with, um, you know, since we've been talking particularly more about the Vedic kind of world, why don't we finish with, um, with Om Gam Namaha to help to clear the path for everyone who's listening, for everyone yeah. who's receiving this, because that's a mantra yeah. for, for wisdom, a mantra for insight, a mantra exactly. to, to just mantra. enable us to kind of wherever you go today and for the rest of your, your days, may the path just clear before you and, and enable you to really fulfill all of your dreams and all of your wishes and, and keep discovering and keep growing. So I'll, I'll finish with a, a couple of repetitions of that. Thanks, Nadav.
Okay. Thank you so much, Yasmin. Lots of love. Lots of love. Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha Om Shanti 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 I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you'd like to stay updated with the moon and moonology and astrology and all the other things we cover, be sure to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You'll be notified whenever a new episode is up. Also, it would mean a lot to me and my team if you could leave us a glowing five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, please. That actually helps more people find us too, which spreads the love and surely also brings you amazing karma for taking a moment to help us out and to help other people find the podcast. Have a great week and I hope to speak to you next week. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you want to take Moonology to the next level and manifest the life of your dreams, join our growing community of magical people who come together to lift each other up as we meditate, manifest and reclaim the magic that has been inside us all along. Head over to mainlymoonologymembership.com and awaken your true powers.